0: All right, well, let's jump in here. You know, New York City is a, a great place, isn't it? I do love our city. Um, I love experiencing all the things that you can do here. Even if you just cut out all of the nightlife and, and things that we would say would be maybe damaging to you uh, spiritually, there are so many awesome things to be involved in. Um, you could really spend the rest of your days... Every dinner, going to a new restaurant. Now, who can afford that? No one can afford that. But if you wanted to, you could. Right? Seeing all these different cuisines from all over the world. Often when we have a family or individual that's visiting, I, I give them a tour of Manhattan. And I start out all the way down at the Staten Island Ferry. And then walk all the way up to Central Park. And, and we take like eight hours walking from spot to spot to spot. End up doing like eight to ten miles. By the end, I'm the only one left. You know, everyone has, has totally given up on the whole thing. Because so I push them too hard. There's just so much to see. Um, but like I want to show them everything. It's hard to do that in one day. It's impossible to do that in every one day. So you have to gain focus, right? You have to choose what this person is interested in and try to focus in on that because there's no way to hit everything at once. And if you're not careful, if I'm not careful, I don't hit anything really well. Like, that's that, that's that, that's that. Well, this is the way we can live life to where we ignore all that is important by just going from this thing to this thing to this thing. Um, Sampling every single booth down on Austin Street for a second without really getting to know one thing or missing the most important things the same is true for a church we really really could spend all of our church's life and never run out of new things to do and and I could list for you thousands of things to be involved in and I'm not going to Get down there. Because if I start doing it, your eyes will light up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All these different things we could do as a church. All these different things we could be a part of. Starting this, starting that, this ministry, that ministry, this gathering, that gathering, to where all of a sudden, like it's not just, okay, we have a Mets game. All right, well, now we need to do the Yankees. But now we need to do the Yankees for this age group. We need to do the Yankees for this age group. And it's, it's almost like you could get down to where it's, there, again, there's no end. There is literally no end. So what we need to be able to do, by God's grace, is to focus in on what is important. Let me give you a few ways to do that as a person. Consider what will last the longest. Consider what things that you have to do now and cannot put off. And then consider, thirdly, and most importantly, what God wants you to prioritize. Do do we even ask that? If we are uh, followers of Christ, then that is the question we need to ask. Is this what God wants me to do? What is it that God wants us to do? And so, uh, as a church, that's what we're doing. We're spending a few weeks uh, really focusing the lens of our attention in Scripture on what God wants us to be committed to. Um, and uh, and so there's these different principles. And as I mentioned, there's the, the whole study. You could go through the whole study what we did as a church leadership is we examined all the New Testament and found six hundred and so many principles of what God wants in a church. And so we're saying that's a Bible-driven church. And there's all these different facets uh, or categories of Answering the question, what does it mean to be a Bible-driven church? Okay, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to really focus in on, make clear that principle, those principles uh, over these next weeks. And we started with the first one. Um, The purpose of Grace Baptist Church will be to glorify God by being Bible-driven. Okay, so that was the first one. We saw that last Sunday. And its message, proclaiming Christ, that's this Sunday, to those who believe and to those who do not believe. In its means, praying always and utilizing Scripture to build mature members who have been equipped by shepherding leadership to do the work of the ministry, building the body to love others and maintain unity. All right, so that's a mouthful. Let's read that out loud together. Would you read that with me? Let's do that, okay? Read it. Let's, I'm going to read it again, so, so follow with me. Uh, the Purpose of Grace Baptist Church will be to glorify God by being Bible-driven. In its message, proclaiming Christ to those who believe and to those who do not believe. In its means, praying always and utilizing Scripture to build mature members who have been equipped by shepherding leadership to do the work of the ministry, building the body to love others and maintain unity. Excellent. All right, so what can we do as a church? What itches can we scratch? as we consider all the myriads of things to do, right? We could do, see, Way and I were just walking the community yesterday and we were invited to a church that had the, the blessing of the animals. All right. so there's one thing we could do. Bring your pet and we'll bless him. We'll pray for him. I think a million people in our city would show up for that, all right? But like, where do we read that in the Bible, all right? So whatever we do, we need to, to see where does it fit In these categories, that's not saying we can't do this, that, or the other, but where does it fit under these main priorities of what a Bible-driven church is, okay? So let's understand what Scripture says by that second one, uh, proclaiming Christ, proclaiming Christ. In its message, in in the church's message, we are glorifying God, in its message, proclaiming Christ to two categories, To those who believe in Christ, and to those who do not believe in Christ. Our job at Grace Baptist Church is to proclaim Jesus, to preach the gospel to those who believe in Jesus, and to those who do not believe in Jesus. All right, now that first one's easy. Or actually the, the second one. Those who do not believe in Jesus. Well, of course, I love to tell the story. But you know what? It goes on to say, for those who know it best are hungering and thirsting to hear it just like the rest. We never graduate past the gospel. The gospel message of Jesus is not just what saves us, it's what sanctifies us and what glorifies us. Okay? So this morning we dealt a little bit with this in the um, morning session. And, and let me just say this, we have 11.30 a.m., we're doing this in a Sunday school series. And I'm doing that live on YouTube, but you can join in studio and take part. Uh, I think this morning we had five seats available and, uh, and only three seats filled, okay? So there's plenty of room for you if you want to join for that. But um, you can also watch that on YouTube. We really focused on this aspect of to those who do not believe, okay? And it's not going to recover all of that. But, but that's usually the only thing we think about when we talk about proclaiming Christ. There's billions of people out there who don't know about Jesus. So yes, that's one of those three very important factors to focus in on, right? It's something that will last forever. When you just open your mind up to that, that truth, it's very hard to do anything else. But stand on a rooftop and scream to everybody that, that they need Jesus. Honestly, if you let that sink in, you and I will, will be in existence forever. And all the souls around you will be in existence forever. And based on what they do with the message of Jesus will determine their eternal destiny of condemnation or justification. This is the most important message. Okay? And so, so of course, we share Jesus with those who do not believe. And, and I'm encouraging us to develop these seven potted plants. People that you share the gospel with, that you, you, um, you're abiding in Christ, you're establishing relationships with these seven people, and you're getting to know them, you're going to coffee with them. They know you, they, they want to hang out with you. You watch the game with them, and, and you're doing it to be a friend. Yeah, to enjoy friendship. God makes us relational. But you're also wanting to share Jesus with them. It's awesome as a potted plant came to the study this morning um then beyond that right and and i just encourage you to get to that just one more word about that but then also we have the whole soil of queens and and i want us by god's grace to share jesus with everyone in queens especially in our neighborhood and so we have several different outreach efforts from the church that's just scattering the seed scattering the seed this is why i do youtube videos this is why our church proclaims our our sermons this is why we have Google ads. This is why we meet like three times a week in public sharing Jesus. And I just want to encourage you, consider being a part of that. Being, consider being a part of one of those. Right, and there are so many things, I realize, so many things we can get a part, be a part of. There, there's three organizational structures in our church. One is the ministry teams. We'll talk about that. Another one is the grace groups. We'll talk about that another time. Another one are these, these outreach groups. Right, corporate outreach arms, right? We do this in Briarwood. We do this in um, a food pantry and then two times a week and just, just sharing the gospel up the streets, okay? But that's just scattering the soil. Um, and, and so this is what we're to be doing, proclaiming Christ to those who do not believe. And we talked about the text uh, of scripture that just really, I mean, just you can't read the Bible without realizing this is what the church does. If a church is not doing this, I challenge you to, to just demonstrate you're a church, um, OK, I would say this, though, um, for those of you who are developing these relationships, the, 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 the issue with that is sometimes we keep preparing the soil and preparing the soil. I have seven potted plants. I really know them. if they have trouble, I'm the first person they call. In fact, I'm probably on their favorites on their phone. But have you ever shared Jesus with them? Okay? You may have all this soil, but if the seed has never been sown, they are never going to be born again. You have to eventually share the message of Jesus. And go beyond that, you have to careux. You have to proclaim him. You have to encourage them. It's just like if, as Pastor Andrew was mentioning earlier, right? this person does not want to hear the doctor's message. Was well, as a friend, you might want to say, listen, I realize you don't want to hear that but they kind of need, you need to listen to that. Let me encourage you to get that taken care of. Okay, so we're going to say, listen, this is the message that God's given. Let me encourage you to get this taken care of. All right, so that is all taken for granted, I believe. And, and I would encourage you to, to listen to that lesson from earlier. But let's go beyond that. There's some significance to this. I I also, by God's grace, need to be committed to, individually, as a church, corporately, to proclaiming Christ to Christians. I need to preach the gospel to myself. I need to preach the gospel to you. Okay? So this is where we, we are built up in the faith. Okay, so let's dive into this text and consider... This important focus of preaching Christ, proclaiming Christ to those who believe. Two questions. Why do we need this? What do we need? Strengthening. Where do we get it? Uh, This proclamation. As I mentioned, we're mainly going to spend our time on verse 25. um, uh, Verse 25 there. But I will give you the answers to the blanks on 26 and 27. But we're just not going to be able to take time with it. We are getting ready to preach through Romans, okay? These are the last verses in Romans. So this is a spoiler alert. This is how Romans ends. Uh, but we will get to this as we preach through the gospel of, uh, I mean, through uh, the letter to Rome. How many of you are a little chilly? Anybody a little chilly? All right, a few folks. I wonder if we could maybe uh, turn, the, turn the air down a little bit. I guess that would be up. Danny. 37, so maybe we should turn it up. We're going to do a in here. I would rather it be cooler than, than than warmer, I tell you that. Thank you, brother. Okay, so I really want us to understand this text and let the text really uh, open our eyes. And, and I think this is what it will do. It will help you recognize all that you have in Christ. It will make you relish the gospel more yourself okay this will be very strengthening for all of us what do we need first of all we need strengthening we need strengthening Um, now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of jesus christ according to the revelation of the mystery which has been kept secret for long ages what do we need we need strengthening well who gives this strengthening who gives the strengthening Well, that would be God. Now, to him who is able to establish you, and if you have your Bible in front of you, you'll recognize that the antecedent is to that, him, comes afterwards in verse 27. Now, to him who is able to establish you. Well, who is that? That is the one, the him from verse 27. So so really the sentence is concluded in verse 27 that he begins in verse 25. Now to him who is able to establish you, verse 27, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. That's why I love this text, because it really ties into the text we looked at last week with Ephesians 3. It's a very similar doxological text. To God be glory. So how is Grace Baptist Church going to glorify God by being Bible-driven? We have to do both of these texts. Now to him who is able to establish you, who is that? It's to the only wise God. There's only one, there's only one God. And only he is wise. Our wisdom, all wisdom is derived from him. If you're walking in wisdom, you have have found that in in some way, maybe second or third uh, source, but it ultimately came from God. To the only wise God. How do I know what to do in life? How do I know what choices to make? It all comes from God. God is the source of all good things. He is the master builder who gives strength. How in the world am I going to find strength? I need to find it from this wise God who is orchestrating all things according to the counsel of his will. He knows all the stress all the strain that I can take, his understanding is perfect. So when I'm needing to be strong, I need to come to God. You cannot find it in yourself. You muster up the strength to face, you know, I'm just really bombing this job, right? This class, this relationship, my testimony. How am I going to be strong? You have to come back to God. God is the source of our strength. Okay, where do we get it then? This strength, well, we get it from God. God is the one who gives it. What is it? So what is this? What is this strength that he's talking about? Let's dive into that for a little bit. I'm going to summarize it this way. This strength is, so he says, now him, God, who is able to establish you. I'm going to summarize this as soul strengthening stability. This is what you need today. You need soul-strengthening stability. Now, to him who is able to establish you, the word is to strengthen, to stand, to be supported, fixed, immovable. Right, The Psalm 1 tree that brings its fruit in its season because it has deep roots. That's the idea. All these other branches are just tossing over in the wind and cracking. The, the tree that is deeply rooted stands strong. That's what I need. I need the strength from God to be established. When the winds blow, when the earthquake, I need to be strong, right? So the idea of the steel beam, these skyscrapers around us, so much weight. We're just driving through the George Washington Bridge there and you see... You could just drive under these skyscrapers. You're like, how in the world is all of that weight resting on these few steel beams? Scary. Because those steel beams are designed to withstand, to be strong, to be strengthened. Well, what is it that God uses? What is needed to strengthen, establish, make you immovable? What is it? The text gives it to us. Before we get to it, let me say this, this other question. Why is it needed? Um, why do you need that? We're, we're going to get to it. What is it? Why is it needed? I, I think as, as we look at the text, we recognize now to him who is able to establish you. Um, if you read Romans 16, in fact, look, let's just look at it. Look in your Bible Romans 16. He, he starts with this, verse 1, I commend to you our sister Phoebe. Right? And then he goes down and he talks about Priscilla and Prissa and Aquila, and then he talks about Epinitus and Mary and Adronicus and Junius, and he's just summon all these people in the church. And so he's picturing, picturing all these specific people in a local church. It's just like if I said, if I just started na- naming your name, you know let me just say, "Hey, greet, Bob, and, and, and greet right? And I just named all of you. And then he turns and he says, now, now to him who is able to strengthen you. The point is that all of us, the concept behind that, what is assumed is that you and I as believers in a local church need to be strengthened. Or we will fall. We will be distracted. Why is it needed? Because there are outside forces that want to distract me. Right? This, is, this is why we have to understand this and come to grips with the necessity of the gospel because there's so much out there that wants to distract me, to tear me down, to push me back. Let's just briefly look at three of those to help us really be ready to receive where we find the strength. The world. There's so many factors that influence and pull us from our position in Christ. The world would be one that tries to. The world that we live in pulls us astray from God. The current of the world pulls. It's an undertow that it's dangerous. You stand in it and you feel the sand being pushed under your feet. You go a little lower, waist deep, and you're like, wow, this is kind of tugging at me. If you're in over your head, there's no way to stand. That undertow will suck you out. The only way to swim across out of the undertow. It is dangerous. It pulls at you. The world does that. It pulls you away from the shore. Its ideas, its philosophy, its ideals, its pressure through its messages, its voices. It gives you so many voices, so many signs, so many notifications, so many emails. It pressure you. It's not just... It's not anymore just this is a message. It's conformed to this message. Conformed to this message. It's entertainment through its songs, its movies, its art. Can be innocent, like happy birthday. But often it's laced with themes that pull, that teach, that encourage you, that that actually preach not the gospel of Jesus, but that is an enmity with God, the Bible says. And so... The world is pulling at us from the outside. but beyond that, we have the flesh on the inside. Oh boy, even though you're born again, all of us have a flesh that will lay with us until we lay in rest. It will be inside you. Sometimes it may feel dormant, but often it is a raging lion. Spurgeon said it's the, the two dogs inside you. The one that you feed wins. You do have that. You have this flesh inside you. Jeremiah calls it a heart that is deceitful and desperately wicked. The idea there is incurably sick. I have a rotting, incurable cancer inside me spiritually. Even though I'm born again and I have the Holy Spirit inside my spirit that has been made alive, it's still there. Paul himself said, the things that I wanted to do, I did not. Oh, wretched man that I am. Romans 6, 7. And so we have this fallen self that we inherit. So I'm not just pulled from without, I'm pulled from within. Where in the world did that thought come from? It may not have come from the devil, it may not come from a commercial. It may have just come from your deceitful heart. So the Bible teaches beyond that if you thought you could stand <laughs> with the world, pulling you and your flesh pulling you down there's no one can stand against the devil satan and his demonic forces would love to trip you up trip is one word the bible uses but beyond cause to fall to stumble it uses words like devour as a lion devours prey that is a gross imagery that is a violent bloody scene that's what satan wants to do devour prey Something like sift you like wheat is what Satan wants to do. Another violent imagery, shaking you until you cannot stand. You cannot get in a ring with Satan on your own. You have to have God's strength. There's no way to push away from the pull from these three forces without God's strength And so Paul ends his amazing letter to these Roman believers with this climactic statement. Now to him who is able, God is able to establish you. Do not fear the world, flesh, and devil. Recognize your opponent is strong, but recognize that you are able to stand. How? How can I stand? Well, he continues on there. Let's move on today to the strengthening What strengthens us? What does God use as the agent of strength? What what strengthens us? And we're only going to get to A here, okay? So take it easy. What strengthens us today? The preaching of Jesus Christ. The preaching of Jesus Christ. It's actually the proclamation of the gospel that God uses to strengthen you. Not just to save you. The way you will remain standing strong in the current of this world is to continue to have the gospel of Jesus Christ preached to you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. And so Paul boldly proclaims to them, so that their standing is not in the wisdom of of men, but in the gospel of God. Let's look at those three phrases, okay? We're going to look at those three phrases according to... My gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. So we really understand. We really understand what the text is saying. The activity that provides strength is this preaching of the gospel according to. That's a a little um, ambiguous if we read it. Now, to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel, what is he saying there? Um, He's able to establish me according to his gospel. Okay, God is able to strengthen me, and it's according to a gospel, according to Paul's gospel. Um, In in one sense, you could take that uh, very literally at face value as in the same measure as you are strengthened in the gospel. right? God is able to strengthen you according to the strength that is inherent in the gospel. And I think that would be a, a, a similar idea here, that the gospel itself will strengthen you. Um, but God is able to strengthen you according to the gospel. I think it goes beyond that. I think the text really is saying that, 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 that the according to is the agency through which. Um, and so, so you could translate it even through. He is able to establish you through his gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. It's it's not just the measure of the strengthening. Okay, look at it carefully. Now, to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel, like the measure in which God is able to strengthen you, the amount of which, according to, but it's actually the means. He's able to strengthen you through, according to this, through this gospel. That's the idea. Bible scholar Schreiner puts it that way. It's not just the norm, but the means. It's the way God carries the strengthening out. If you think about it this way, if you think about, about this this need to be strengthened as the as the needle, I guess, the the syringe, the, the gospel itself is is what's inside that will actually be what's what's given you as an antidote it is what will be able to make you strong the gospel itself is the means he says my gospel you are able to be established through my gospel now what's paul's gospel is it our gospel what do you think yes yes Turn to Romans 1. Let's just look back at Romans 1. He says my gospel because that's what the whole book of Romans is all about. And so he's saying, listen, I keep talking to you about this gospel, talking to you about this gospel. Look at Romans 1.1. Actually, I think I have it here too. Um, According to my gospel, Paul, this is Romans 1.1. Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle. Look at this. Set apart for the gospel of God, Paul, Paul saw his whole life. Some people are set apart for this thing. It's like that guy, like like they have just totally separated themselves. All right? This is I'm going to go into this, but because some of you may be offended, but like this, if you ask people that know Tom Brady well, like he is just to this point, he was just separated into play, being playing football. And so, like even as they're celebrating, he wouldn't drink alcohol. Uh, now. This last time he did, because that was all over the news. But, but like, it was just, next week, totally separate, set apart for, for football. What a silly thing to be set apart for, right? Paul was total. his whole life was the gospel. Totally set apart for the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous man shall live by his faith. So there's this righteous standing that we have because of Jesus. Faith in Jesus brings the righteousness of God to me. that To where I am declared to be right with God. And that so transformed Paul that he gave his whole life to sharing it. So that's why he says, my gospel. It's this preaching of Jesus, that, that this good news... This good news that makes you stand spiritually. Um, according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. And those are just synonymous. This gospel, this good news equals the preaching of Jesus Christ. The, that which is true about Jesus to you and to me. That is what will establish you. How can I stand As a single young person in New York City. As a single old person in New York City. How can I stand as as a dad of five? These pressures. How can you stand? You can stand through this, through the same gospel that Paul stood in. But that needs to be preached to you. It's not just receiving it and believing it. It needs to continue to be preached to you. This is the gospel that continues to be preached. That that, that which is true of Jesus Christ. All that we have goes back to Jesus. We never graduate from the gospel. The good news that is true about Jesus. I'm just going to read a few of these. This is just one phrase, one phrase from your New Testament, okay? I'm just going to deal with one preposition. We could deal with so much more. Let me just read these to you. What do you have as a Christian in Christ? This is what we're to proclaim to one another. Look at a few of these. Yep, that, that K. Rooks there is heralding. It's a herald, right? So it's not just, not just teaching. It goes beyond teaching to say this is true of Jesus, Stand in it. Brother, sister, look, be encouraged. Don't let them take this away from you. It's a cheerleader coming behind and saying, we can do this. Okay? This is what's true about Jesus. Believe it. Look at all these. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. In Christ, we have redemption. In Christ, we are dead to sin and alive to God. That comes from the gospel. In Christ, we have the gift of eternal life. In Christ, we have no condemnation. In Christ, God, the Holy Spirit, has set us free from the law of sin and death. In Christ, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Did you recognize that? Right? We think about, God loves me so much. It's because of Christ. When you think about the love of God, you have it only because of Christ. Christ. In Christ, we are connected to one another in the church. This is how you and I function together because of Christ. In Christ, we are approved. In Christ, we are sanctified. In Christ, we receive the grace of God. In Christ, we have wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. In Christ, we are made alive. In Christ, God always leads us to triumph. In Christ, we are a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. How does that happen? It's because you're connected to Christ. In Christ, God reconciled the world to himself. In Christ, we live the Christian life. One of the clearest verses there, Galatians 2.20, right? Um, I'm sorry, yeah. In Christ, we live the Christian life. I didn't put that in parentheses. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Your life is now Christ. This is the gospel. This is how we walk in Jesus, because he's living through us. I'm crucified no longer, am I Tim? I'm now to live the Christian life. Old things are passed away, all things become new because of Christ. In Christ, we are one. In Christ, we are seated in the heavenly places. You feel like you're sitting here today in this pew, wooden pew. You're actually in Christ, seated in heaven. It's because of Christ. In Christ, we're seated in heavenly places. In Christ, all things, are, all history is summed up in that word, in Christ. In Christ, we have obtained an eternal inheritance. In Christ, we have surpassing great resurrection power in us how do you have power it's because of christ's resurrection in christ as gentiles we've been brought near closer to god than anyone else in history in christ we have bold access into god's presence how come i can pray because of christ in christ we have been forgiven in christ we have righteousness that pleases god in christ we have peace the peace of god that rules in us you want shalom today you only have that because of christ In Christ, we are made complete by admonishing and teaching everyone about Christ. You're made complete by teaching everyone else about Jesus Christ. That's why I'm preaching Christ to you right now. In Christ, we are saved by no works of our own, but by the grace that comes through Christ. In Christ, we can be made strong, 2 Timothy 2.1. In Christ, we have salvation and eternal glory. I just did the in Christ's, just those two words, all of those. And there are so much more that we have. Because of the gospel. We are tied to Christ. All I have is Christ. Jesus is my life. We sing that. Do we believe it? The idea that you can grow past the gospel is silly talk. Jesus Christ is the milk and the meat, the gospel is the meat. You just go to deeper understanding, way deeper into into the length and breadth and height and depth of all you have in Christ. The love of God that surpasses knowledge. So, how do we do this as a church? Got some application here. We'll tie it up. I think I have the answers to the other ones here. Yeah. And then he deals with a history that provides strength. Before it was hidden, now it's proclaimed, now it's believed, and you receive Jesus Christ. I wish we could deal with every word and phrase of that. But uh, for the sake of time, I just want us to, to apply this now to us as a church. Right, so, okay, proclaiming Christ, big idea of what he's saying here. Proclaiming Jesus to you and to me, the gospel, will strengthen you. So how do I go about that? What does that look like? We, we, we preach Christ as we pray to one another. Every time we pray, we pray in Jesus' name. This is teaching that my access before God is only because of Jesus. If we're trying to pray any other way, if you fast in order for God to hear you, you're not being heard. We fast to concentrate our time and attention and have sincerity of heart before God, but it's not to earn God's favor. Jesus earned all of our favor so we can pray because of Christ. Preaching Christ for provision. What do you need today? All we have is in Christ. In Christ, I have learned the secret of being content. And so I know that all that I have, Lord God, I need this. By your grace, I feel like it's part of my needs. And you have promised to provide all that you have according to the riches that are in Christ Jesus. And so you pour that out to God. And then you just leave it there in contentment. Preaching Christ for purity your brother or sister is is falling into sin or they're needing victory over sin you preach them the gospel. Jesus didn't just die, he rose again. And that resurrected power enables you to walk his life. You need to yield to the spirit, say no to sin, yes to the spirit of Christ living in you. You cannot law yourself into obedience. You love yourself into obedience. Love God into obedience. The glory of God is seen in Christ. The gospel more than anything else. And so if we are to grow from glory to glory into the image of, of Christ, we must gaze on the gospel. We must gaze deeply on the compassion, love, and mercy of God in the gospel. And that changes the way I act and live. Preaching Christ for motivation. The love of Christ constrains me. I, I wish I could go on. We're just, I'm just going to. Let me, let me summarize here. Um, there is a great book, as I mentioned I think I mentioned this. Did I mention this already? Uh, the Gospel Primer for Christians. I think I just mentioned it in the early service here. Um, I would encourage all of you if you have not read this to read this it 's a book that design is designed to help you recognize the gospel in every area of your life and how to preach it to yourself the first the first like 80 pages are 35 ways that the believer preaches the gospel to themselves. Extremely, extremely helpful. Um, Vincent says this, this book is offered as a handy guide to help Christians experience the gospel more fully by preaching it to themselves each day. It is also offered as a correction to a costly mistake made by Christians who view the gospel as something they have has fully served out its purpose the moment they believe in Jesus for salvation not knowing what to do with the gospel once they are saved. They lay it aside soon after conversion so they can move on to the bigger and better, quote-unquote, things. Of course, they don't think this is, this way is what they're doing at this time, yet after many years of floundering and defeat, they can look back and see this is exactly what they've done. God did not give us his gospel just so we could embrace it and be converted, He offers it to every day as a gift that keeps on giving to us everything we need for life and godliness. The wise believer learns this truth early and stands in it. So the whole Bible is about Jesus. The whole Bible is about the the new life we have in Christ. It's God strengthening me. It's It's the serum that needs to be pumped into me through the preaching of Jesus so that I can stand. So I can stand in prayer. So I can stand in provision. So I can stand strong. I think the illustration Jesus gave may be the best. And I'll, I'll end with that. Uh, Jesus said this, Abide in me, and I in you. He who abides in me will bear fruit. If you don't abide in me, you'll be cut off, thrown out, be burned. That, that is a beautiful illustration of he saying, You don't just come to me and get fire insurance. You've got to stay in me. You've got to continue to abide in Christ. Continue to remain in Christ. Continue to spend time in his presence. Gaze on the glory, his glory in the gospel. Believing in Jesus. So we preach the gospel to those who believe and to those who do not believe. To church members... First of all, you're abiding in Christ. Second of all, you're speaking to Christ, speaking of Christ to yourself. Thirdly, you're speaking the truth and love to one another. Fourthly, you're you're celebrating the Lord's table. As you celebrate the Lord's table, you proclaim Christ to one another. You're singing the gospel in our gospel songs here at church. You're sharing the good news of Christ's righteousness with one another as you gossip the gospel to one another. You're strengthening each other as you do that. We don't just preach behind a pulpit. We preach to one another as we share the truth of Jesus. Not just to our neighbors. All of us need Christ. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I won't go into all the details here, but the man who wrote, Come thou found of many blessing. We think of Jesus as that found of many blessing. One of those phrases is, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. He felt that that pull. It's debated, but according to John Newton, that man eventually, because of strife and his life, he had horrible, 17-year-old daughter died, uh, just really broke him, came into financial destitution. Um, but, but he wandered from that clear gospel. We acknowledge that there is a pull world flesh and devil that that will keep us from standing so as a church we need to make sure we focus on this proclaiming christ let me encourage you as a person by god's grace preach the gospel to yourself believe that you are accepted only in jesus every day but everything we do is in relation to that good news that jesus saves heads bowed and eyes closed let's Do some business with the Lord. Praise God for the gospel. If you haven't meditated on the gospel, do that now. Worship God because all you have is in Christ. In just a moment, we'll sing that together as I close in prayer. But let's all do business with God. Respond to his message. Because of the gospel. Lord, Israel quaked, fire, fire came, came down, down when they, they even they approached, approached the edge of the edge mountain. mountain. Who are we to think we could ever come before you and bring to you our innermost temptation? We thank you because of the gospel. Jesus has brought us near, has made us sons, daughters of the King. We can bring you large petitions, small and great. Oh, Lord, we thank you for the gospel in our prayers. Lord, we thank you for the gospel in our temptations. Lord Jesus, that you who died, you also rose again. And that resurrection life can enable us, that power can enable us to live a different life when those around us are full of cursing and bitterness. We can be free to bless and forgive. Lord Jesus, for we know that's what you did on the cross. Live through us each today. Live your gospel life through us, Lord. May we be forever changed because of this beautiful message of proclaiming Christ. And Lord, as we interact here, as we, we're done and as we sing the gospel to one another, may we do so with all our heart. But as we interact, may we do so um, with humble heart because of the gospel. Recognize that none of us deserve anything, but we're servants of God. Lord, may everything we do as we interact, as we go to work, all of it be because of the gospel, shaping the way we live. Lord Jesus, enable this thinking. We know it's supernatural thinking. Enable this thinking in every area of our life, we pray. And we'll thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, through your spirit for doing this in all of our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen.